Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. But that's okay. I'm glad you guys are with me. My name, of course, is Michael Forky. I'm very glad that you are with me, like I said. But here we are. The first game of the NFL season. I've actually got it on the screen next to me right now. So I'm even also watching football while talking to you guys. That's okay, though. That's fine. No big deal. Uh, 7-0 Buffalo at the end of the first. I saw that uh, that Dawson Knox caught a pass earlier. That was cool to see. He's as you, as you can imagine, has been through a lot lately. So he and him play and uh, play at the level in which he is able to play tonight in spite of everything is um, it takes a tough guy right there. It does. So glad you guys are with me. We're going to be talking college football, though. Um, I'm not going to do anything like keys to the game or whatever uh, for Ole Miss. I probably won't even really do that for State. I mean, these are these are big spreads. These are lesser opponents. Um, it's hard to pretend like that, you know, and, and it seems like most media that, especially in these FCS games, it seems like most media around here just kind of gets it at this point. Like, I, I mean, I could sit here and do something like that where Ole Miss needs to do this if they want to win. No, they literally just have to show up. That, that's, that's what they have to do to win. And, and that's, that's really it. Just literally just arrive at the stadium um, a few minutes before kickoff, get a little loose, and uh, and that's it. So I would feel goofy doing something like that. State's a little bit different, but even still, that's a large spread, a game that they are expected to win. So I'm going to do a what to watch for in these two games. What I am watching for when I watch these two games, what to watch for, not like keys to a win, because I think mostly it's, it's just a a formality, or at least it should be. If it's not, then there is a, a significant problem. But what to watch for in these games, and then a couple of other stuff in college football, and whatever else you guys got on your mind. I know, again, I'm trying to pull people away from the NFL game, which is a stupid thing to do, but I appreciate you. Don't forget to like the video while you're here, if, uh, if you don't mind, and subscribe if you have not already. And I appreciate you being with me on this Thursday night. 
Tim just puts a shark emoji. What's up, Tim? Glad to see you. Tyler says, Bills look good. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people had them as a Super Bowl contender, right? Or a favorite, at least according to some, um, to to win the Super Bowl. Uh, that That's a, a tough ask, but they looked the part so far on the road, even though I, I'd bet there's like 40,000 Bills fans in there. Corey says, Ole Miss is going 11-1. and one. I, I appreciate your optimism. I don't share it, but I appreciate it. Uh, Jason says, get a job. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, you know, Jason, I, I am overworked is what I am, and I keep doing it to myself. What, wh- why? Why do I do that to myself? I, I don't know. I don't know. Tim, I appreciate that. Yeah, this is uh, it's a Saints head. I'm trying to get broken in. It, it's I've got another one that, that's black, but it's faded so bad it looks kind of gray and, and gross. So I'm trying to break this one in, and it's just not totally there yet. Just, it just doesn't fit the way I want it to fit on my head. But anyway, my odds of Ole Miss going 11-1. and one, um, It's 2,000-1. I, I mean, there, there's just too much working against them to go to, for that to be a realistic possibility right now. I mean, who's going to be their quarterback? Still, you know, going into week two, we don't know what that answer is going to be for uh, for one. Lonnie says, Boomer Sumer, watching. Appreciate you, Lonnie. Glad uh, glad that you're here. So on that note, though, you mentioned Ole Miss first, so we'll talk about Ole Miss first. And Jason's got a uh, state comment second, so we'll get to his second. But um, what what to watch for with Ole Miss and Central Arkansas this weekend uh, the first, uh, I think, priority, uh, aside from quarterback, because that's the obvious one, aside from quarterback, it's health. There is nothing that you can do in this game. I mean, I think that this game, games like this, are are so, your, your opponent is so overmatched that, like, there are kinks that you can work out. Like, you want, you want to see snaps get cleaner. There's your first one. You want to see Ole Miss snap the football better and on time because both of those things were an issue last week. Special teams needs to get cleaned up. The kicker was fine. Returns, though, were uh, a bit of an issue. Um, so, so that, snaps, special teams, just look sharper, you know? You, you, you can't judge necessarily a player's performance in this game really to anything at all. You, you really can't. It's almost impossible to. So the stuff that um, that can be changed regardless of opponent are things like snaps, getting plays in on time, uh, lack of confusion, that kind of stuff. Um, th- that That's really all you can watch for in terms of the actual football game absent the quarterback conversation is just if they're cleaner if it looks more fluid, more comfortable. Because, again, this is only the second game for most of these guys in an Ole Miss uniform. This is Charlie Weiss Jr.'s second game calling plays, for Ole Miss anyway, under Lane Kiffin. I know he spent time with him at FAU. This is Chris Partridge's second game ever as a defensive coordinator. And all of these guys are still very new, even with a game under their belt. So you just want it to look sharper because you can't gauge performance based on an opponent uh, like this one. Uh, but the obvious is quarterback. Uh, of course, I'll be watching quarterback. Uh, I'll be specifically curious about snap distribution. If Luke Altmeyer only play like it plays 
fewer snaps or, or less into the game that Dart did last week and, and what that means. And, of course, you're watching him. Does he look comfortable in the offense? Is he in command of the huddle? Is he making the right reads, throwing passes on time, that kind of stuff? Sideline demeanor is something that I think is is important. We've talked a lot about it. I've talked about it on the radio show. Obviously, I've talked about it here with you. I've talked about it on a podcast that I do frequently. I'm so kind of tired of talking about this quarterback thing. I imagine Lane Kiffin is as well. But uh, we we did get the sentiment sent to to our text line again today, which I find still troubling. And And I don't know how deep this is with Ole Miss people. I, I don't. But And I, I don't even know if this story is true or not. I have no idea if this story is true or not. But apparently, um, there are some Ole Miss fans, and, and I'm, I'm actually not going to tell any details of the story. It, it doesn't matter. Point is, there are people that have decided to pick a side that are now saying that if Jackson Dart is the guy starting in Atlanta and moving forward. It's only because of hype that that's the only reason why he's starting. And I'm not just talking about the the person with a platform that said something similar going into the first game, but that that's a, a feeling among a certain number of fans. I don't know how many that is, is such a, and I've already addressed something like this before, but that, that, and I don't mean to be mean. I, I really don't like doing it on this kind of a platform, the more relaxed, comfortable setting than on the radio. But Matt Stafford just threw a bad pick. Bad pick. Um, that's a very stupid thing to think. And I hate talking like that here with you guys because, you know, you guys are taking time out of your day. You're not just on the drive home, you know, putting on a radio. I'm talking to you guys. This is more casual but that is a, a a very stupid thing to think that this decision is going to be based on hype. That is so damn stupid. And again, I'm sorry. It, it's I, I have a hard time wrapping my mind around the fact that there are people out there that I have heard from that think that that is a reality. There are people out there that have platforms that think that's a reality. It just absolutely blows my mind because you have a sample size already of Lane Kiffin choosing the non-hyped, non-fan favorite quarterback because he was the better option. If hype mattered to that dude at all, John Rice Plumley would have been Ole Miss's starting quarterback in 2020. But hype doesn't matter. It's a stupid thing uh, to think it and feel. That's not what will be a factor in this decision at all. It will be, like I said, weeks and weeks ago, whichever one maximizes their chance at winning football games against the best teams in the SEC. Whoever that guy is will be the guy. If you're having a conversation about hype, it's foolish. If you're talking about NIL, it's especially foolish because only one of those two quarterbacks has taken NIL money, and it's not Jackson Dart, so that's especially foolish. And by the way, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with Altmaier doing it. He should. He should. I'm happy that he can do it. That's not a shot. It's just... A stupid conversation to have. Hype, NIL, whatever is just it's unfounded based on precedent. It is just a nonsense thought, and I'm not gonna. I've said this before. I need to shut up. I'm not gonna entertain that kind of stuff anymore. If if Altmaier looks good this weekend, 
and he's not the guy going into Georgia Tech, you are going to have people that will attribute that decision to hype or whatever. And that that will be such a stupid thing to think and say, I'm not going to entertain it. I really won't entertain it because it's just total nonsense. So Luke is getting a shot this weekend. I'm curious to see how he handles it. It's a, a much lesser opponent, significantly lesser opponent. So um, the stats won't matter at all. Some people are are going to um, make a big deal out of the stats. They shouldn't because they don't matter at all. Unless they're bad, then they matter. And I, I know that's not fair, but that's just the reality of playing Central Arkansas. So it's going to be about command of the offense, correct reads, not turning it over, even things like sideline demeanor. I'm still not convinced that a job can be won after a game against Central Arkansas. But this is his shot. We'll, we'll see if uh, if he can take advantage of it. So that's it for Ole Miss. No injuries. If it looks cleaner, and obviously the the quarterback, that's what I'm watching for there. Uh, Corey says, I think they're going to make an announcement Monday on quarterback. I bet that they will make a decision Monday. I agree with you there. I don't think they will announce it because why tell Georgia Tech? Make them watch film on both. Just, you know, there's no reason to. Zach, I hate that that doesn't happen. Uh, apparently, I've, that, that happens to a lot of people that you don't get the, the live notification. Just know, if you don't follow me on Twitter, it will be 745 on Tuesdays and Thursdays for sure. For sure. Tuesdays and Thursdays, 745 for sure. I'll give you a, a heads up if something will change. And then Saturday night, it'll be 10 o'clock, right as state is starting, truthfully. Uh, I'll do something else around the state game after the fact. I'm just not waiting until until 2.30 in the morning to, to go live with you guys, and I've got to be somewhere Sunday morning, uh, and that somewhere is church. So I, uh, <laughs> I'll i do something around the state game, but yeah, Tuesday's Thursday, 7.45, Saturday at 10, tentatively. Jason says that's a cancer in Mississippi, folks who don't understand something and – Enter subject here. Yeah. Always go to the conspiracy and or excuses nonsense. Exactly. Exactly. Corey says, if Dart gets the starting job, I believe he will have an NIL deal soon after. Yeah, like almost immediately. He has um, he has said, and it's, it's true because he's been offered and has declined, that he will not accept NIL deals until after he is the full-time starter. And that's true because he's been offered and has turned them down. For sure. I'll get yeah. I'll, I'll talk some some of these uh, these games uh, after I have a, a quick thought on state. We'll start with Jason's message. Uh, keys for state: convert third down, score when possible, minimize turnovers, keep deep fresh, and pull away late. I you know I've I actually I got some pushback the other day, and it kind of blows my mind. Um, in YouTube comments on, on one of Super Talk's YouTube videos, um, and that video does not exist anymore. Not. I didn't do anything um, where there were some state fans. I don't know how many, but some state fans didn't like that. We are hyping air quotes, hyping Arizona and that it's stupid because state's better and you're hyping Arizona and you're wrong and you guys are stupid. I, I've never understood that. It's just like the overrated chant. 
if I'm sitting here telling you that Arizona is better than you thought they were and you go in there and win the game, that means the win is better than you thought it was going to be. What is bad about that? Like, why does that bother you? I don't understand it. But either way, Arizona is better. And we talked about it on Tuesday some. Arizona is better than we thought they were going to be going into the season. Even after one game that's clear because they were pathetic, absolutely pathetic, last year, a lot of that can be attributed to they've got a quality quarterback, a guy that will give Mississippi State a pretty decent test. And the key for them, and I don't know if it's a key as much as it is just the, the reality of the state of the program, like we talked about on Tuesday, this is the game that in the past Mike Leach would lose. And this is a, a litmus test for him as a program. Um, so, so how do you do that? It's, I think mostly State is built to beat this Arizona team better than a lot of teams in similar situations. Arizona will be susceptible in the secondary, comparatively speaking. Um, they, they are not as bad as Memphis not close to as bad as Memphis in the back end, based on what I saw. But State will be able to take advantage of Memphis, or excuse me, of Arizona in the back end of their defense, I believe. And obviously it's the air raid. They throw the ball a million times, and that works out nicely for them. So Will Rogers just needs to be efficient. I don't think he's going to have to do a whole lot vertically. If if it's not there, he's not going to have to force the football down the field. This should be a pretty comfortable day for him. Uh, sitting in the pocket and distributing the football cleanly. It doesn't have to be what it will have to be in Baton Rouge next week where they're really going to have to throw the football down the field vertically. I know state fans watched LSU play and now think that they're they're bad or whatever. LSU is not bad. You, you've got to understand that they've got a bunch of dudes on defense and, and they're going to be able to cover and they're going to be able to get after the quarterback. So next week, Rodgers is going to have to take some risks down the field if they're going to want to win that game. That game is going to be close. LSU, despite the injuries and all the stuff going on, is still a very talented football team. Trust me, they are. This week is not that way. He can play an efficient underneath game, and, and they can win. And it's containing Arizona's quarterback as well. That's the two things. Efficiency from Rodgers. He doesn't have to take risks. Short stuff. That, that, that'll be fine. That'll be absolutely fine in this game. Now, if it's open vertically, go ahead and take it. But you don't have to force anything. He should have plenty of time in the pocket to evenly distribute the football. Don't turn it over. Safe, comfortable throws will win this game. And he'll throw it 60 times. So, um, And on the other side, it's not letting this guy beat you with his legs, too. Um, he's not the best runner. Uh, you know, what were his stats last week? Jaden Delore is his name, by the way. Um, he he looks athletic. I mean, he 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 is uh, athletic. Um, guy from Honolulu, by the way, playing at at Arizona. Um, he's a good test for Mississippi State. You know, again, he he's a pro style guy. He's not like a runner, but he looks athletic enough uh, to beat you. So if you know if you clear the box and he's got space, he'll take it and be effective doing so. But it's a nice test for Mississippi State. They're going to see better offenses. They're going to see better offensive lines. They're going to see better wide receivers, although Arizona's got uh, uh, quite a good one. They're going to see better running backs. They're going to see better quarterbacks. But this is a guy that will test them far better than what they got tested last weekend. So 
dealing with the elements, and by that I mean the late kickoff, efficiency from Rodgers is more important than taking risks downfield and containing a throw first but athletic quarterback is are the most important things this weekend for State. This is that test. This is the kind of game that people have been talking about with with Mike Leach, and, and it's a litmus test for sure because they're better than Arizona roster-wise. They're better in the trenches. They're better everywhere. There's no excuse to lose this game. Absolutely none. EGO1 says, if LSU drops that game to State, how likely do you think they mail in the rest of the season? Well, the body language... The body language, if it's bad again, then you might be on to something. Because I mean, it, it was just one guy, really. But I think it spilled over into others. That is more of an issue for LSU than talent or lack thereof. I mean, I know Daniels is not the best passer in the world. He's not, but he's athletic. I mean, he can beat you. I'm telling you, they've got dudes all over the field. Offensive line's a bit of an issue. Running back, they're not great. But LSU's got a bunch of talented dudes all over the field. And the the issue is is culture that was left behind, I think. I think. And so if they dropped a one and two and Boutte or Booty now keeps acting like that and that spills over in other players, I can I see what you mean. Jason says the 10-point line is perfect if State plays well, assuming neither outstanding cascading failures or successes. That's a tough game, but still pretty definitive. What do I think of BYU being a three-point favorite over Baylor? I love BYU. If you guys uh, have listened to me every day, you've heard me say that I love when Arkansas goes to Provo here in a few weeks. I love this BYU team. I love Jaron Hall. I think he's a great quarterback, not a good one. I think he's he's going to end up being great at BYU. Um, th- that doesn't surprise me at all. They've got the offensive firepower to win this game. They've got the better quarterback. Now, I don't know if they've got the same athletes in the same scheme that Baylor does defensively, but Provo is going to be nuts. It's going to be a tough game. I think Arkansas is going to go there and lose too. I, I do. I really believe in this BYU team, and that doesn't surprise me at all. Does not surprise me at all. Zach says, my boss offered to let me have Saturday off since he knows I like college football, and I had to tell him that I'd prefer Sunday since State is a Pac-12 team now. <laughs> Yeah, man, you you can work all day and still catch your team. That's that's not so bad. Just make sure the coffee is strong, I guess. Am I the only one not high on Arkansas after this week? Sure, they beat a good Cincinnati team, but the Bearcats made critical mistakes that gave the game away at points. Hog secondary is also bad. Uh, the The only reason why I don't think they're going to lose this game. I don't think South Carolina has the roster yet that can go to Fayetteville and win. I would love to be wrong. I mean, I, I would love to be wrong. My family has, what, f- four degrees from South Carolina, I think. So, you know, I would like to see them win. Um, I don't think they have the roster yet that can go to Fayetteville and win. 
the Rattler's electric. I mean, I know he wasn't great last week, but he still showed you that there is that that electricity in him still. I just don't know if they have the roster that can go in there and win, but I hope I'm wrong. Hyping Arizona, Jason says, is a perfect example of what I'm talking about regarding the rumor nonsense. They made their minds up about Arizona last year and will not budge off their opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, but I don't get it, Jason. It's like I'm telling you that when you win the game, it's a better win than you thought it was. That's a good thing. I I don't I don't understand. Zach picked South Carolina to cover versus Arkansas. I was underwhelmed in their game versus Cincinnati. They did what they needed to win, though. I'm telling you, if Cincinnati didn't shoot themselves in the foot early, that's a different game. Yeah, Rattler did look pretty bad at times. They had two block punt touchdowns to win by two versus Georgia State. Or, yeah, 21. Yeah, they uh, they beamer balled it in the second half. They couldn't really move the football. It took a while. Thoughts on the Sanderson? I'm excited to go. I know that. That's my thought. I, the, the field hasn't been released yet. Uh, so it's hard to like know you know, how I feel about it until I see who's actually playing in it. But Sam Burns is back. That That's that's good to know. I mean, that's a top 20 guy. <laughs> it's a top 20 player in the world right now. Um, he'll be in the field. So that that's really cool. But until they release the field, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I'm excited about it either way. I'll go no matter what because, of course, I will. But I'm waiting to, to find out the, the committed players, and they haven't released them yet. Jason says the Arizona running backs scare him. Watching them last week, if State plays poorly, it's close late. The D is tired. They have enough speed and quickness to make it funky. Will says he's nervous about State, but it's time to buck the trend of the Leach game. Exactly. And this is the quintessential one. Um, I don't – it's early in year three, and I don't want to be – I don't think that's enough time to have a definitive judgment about Mike Leach considering – the stylistic change. I, I really wish I was doing this two years ago because I would have it on record instead of just like radio archives that I have to dig in forever. I felt like going into year one of Mike Leach, not enough people were talking about just how difficult the transition was going to be from always run, never pass to always pass what the hell's a run. I mean, that that is a complete stylistic change that requires an entire roster overhaul and there was maybe somebody else was doing it and i i'm not giving them their credit but as far as i know there was one person in media in this state that was saying hey guys year one's not gonna go well and i was labeled all kinds of stuff but that comes with the territory i can't even get a a a coworker who I would consider a very good friend and a great person to get the you're an old Miss guy out of his head. I can't even get that guy who's a great guy and a, a really exceptional person. Uh, I can't even get him to get that out of his head. So I, I understand that. I understand that the choices I made when I was 18 are coming back to haunt me now, but there was one person telling you guys, this is not going to go well. It's not because it's a complete transition. Everything's changing. And so week two of year three, I don't think is a fair time to make a definitive judgment about that. However, if they go to Arizona and lose, it's fair to wonder if that trend will ever go away. It's fair to wonder that. 
if that will ever go away, and if fans will accept that fact. That will be what I talk to you guys about when I talk to you guys about this game. If they lose, I'm going to say it's fair for you fans now to start wondering if it's acceptable to have the leech game. Because that would be, I mean, year one, it was an all-SEC schedule. So it's hard to to have a leech game in an all-SEC schedule. But that would be three years in a row of either just kind of a bad season, frankly, where you scored two points. The Kentucky game in 2020 can be considered a leech game if you want it to. Memphis last year and Arizona, that would be three years in a row, and it would be fair to start asking, is this acceptable? But if they win, I will come right back here with you guys saying, hey, this is a good sign that that trend is going away. Because when you play in the West and your East teams are Georgia and on the road at Kentucky, there's no sure win SEC game on that schedule. Ole Miss only has one. And the only reason why they have one, it's it's because it's Vanderbilt, who's better, but rosters are just so dramatic. So there can't be a leech game in the SEC this year, I don't think. Now they can play poorly and we can talk about it that way. But it's different when... Every SEC game is going to feel like a toss-up at best. And again, Ole Miss only, it's not an anti-state thing. Ole Miss only has one game where you look at it and say, okay, that's a game that they're going to win, and that's Vanderbilt. Same thing applies there, too. But Does Texas keep it close? Hell no, they don't. Not at, at, nope. 0% chance that Texas keeps this game close. It's going to be an absolute beatdown from the jump, Texas is not ready physically. Steve Sarkeesian in his Monday press conference this week was warning all of his fans, don't seriously, if you go read what he said about this game, where he was talking about how one game doesn't define a program and I'm just wanting to get to the Big 12 championship and we can still get there if we lose this game, he was trying to tell his fans, hey guys, we're not winning. It's not going to happen. Don't get your hopes up because it's not going to happen. That's what read his quotes and tell me that that's not what he's actually saying. Kentucky beating Florida. Corey thinks I'm actually picking Florida in that game. I think Kentucky's got some stuff going on. There's NCAA trouble. Um, You know, people really love Will Levis. I, I would like to see it more consistently and not against Ohio before I start getting excited about him. But I, I think it's weird with Kentucky right now. And Florida's riding high. The swamp is going to be no, absolutely nuts. Um, I actually like Florida in that one. Did I see where Alabama's band is not traveling to Texas because of their awful away seating? Yeah, it's a joke where they put opposing bands. They put them behind the end zone, and that stadium's huge. They put them like behind the end zone in a corner behind the end zone, so far from the field they, that you have a hard time like deciding which team is what. So I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all. If State loses to Arizona, Mike Leach will not be on a, a hot seat this year. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think so. Anyway, I mean, I could be wrong, but you, you know, there are some fans that think that there's just unlimited money, and that Mike Leach, who just got, by the way, 
a raise and an extension. So his contract, he got a $500,000 raise and he's, he's extended out to four years. So he is in year one of a four-year contract worth $22 million. So at the end of the season, it's $16 million. Who at Mississippi State is going to pay that? How are they going to pay that when they just got done paying Joe Moorhead? They might still be doing it, but they, they just paid Moorhead's buyout three years ago. They're, they're going to turn around and do that again? There, there's not as much money as people think there is, especially at not Alabama. Like The, the money here in this state is not the same as it is in other places. A&M could afford that, no problem, but, but can Mississippi State afford uh, a $16.5 million buyout? I don't think so. I, I, true, I do not think that that is in the cards right now. And again, John Cohen just gave him a raise and an extension. I don't think hot seat is on the table this year. Now, if they go six and six and lose the Egg Bowl, things get really uncomfortable and weird. But 2023 will be the hot seat year at that point. He will not get fired after this season. I don't think it's financially viable. And honestly, going two years and fired and three years and fired would really not bode well for your candidate list if you were to do that. So I don't think it's going to happen anyway. I mean, again, I don't think they're losing. I, I think that they they have a good enough football team to win enough games that will keep fans happy. But if for whatever reason it, it goes poorly, I don't think that that's on the table right now. I really don't think that's on the table. So, yeah, Alabama is going to beat the absolute, you know what, out of Texas. It, it's the fact that this game is getting hyped the way it is really shows how Maybe it doesn't. I just I'm so sick of the the way that we treat brands in college football. Like like we are so obsessed with wanting Texas to be good that we will hype a three touchdown spreaded game just because Texas is in it. They don't have a roster that can compete in this game at all. But we're spending all week hyping it up and. Oh, storylines, and oh, it's going to be a classic in Austin. No, it's not. If it wasn't Texas on the helmet, if it was Texas Tech on the helmet, but the roster was the exact same, this game would be relegated to 3 o'clock on the SEC network and not a single person would care. Yeah, I'm with you, Tim. 56-19, that might be a little high, 56, but it's not going to be close. It's not going to be close at all. Any chance App State gets weird at Texas A&M? That's a good question. I'm curious about that game, but I don't think that App State will have uh, a chance at slowing down even Texas A&M's offense. A- Appalachian State was Swiss cheese against North Carolina. I, I mean, just freaking Swiss cheese against North Carolina. Um, now, I think North Carolina is better at quarterback than A&M. But I am curious to see what AM's defense looks like because Appalachian State's got an experienced quarterback. He's not the best one, but he's played a lot of football, Chase Bryce. They've got a good tight end, good scheme. AM's roster is better, significantly better. But I'm curious to see what they look like defensively and, and, and if they get scored on a little bit by Appalachian State because they're going to see better. But if you screw around, Appalachian State can give them a game. I think they can. 
It's a good litmus test for Texas A&M. They'll play a lot better, but I think we'll learn a lot about them this weekend. Ole Miss and State can be absolutely. I, I mean, if if Ole Miss and Texas were playing this weekend, I think Ole Miss would win the game. Texas isn't there yet. They've got a great running back, a great one, great one. They've got some dudes. They, they do. Jury's out on yours. One game against Louisiana Monroe does not count. And people got to remember this. I mean, he he was a, a big-time hype recruit. But this is his first real, real game. Think about this. Quinn Ewers has only in his life played against high school players and Louisiana Monroe. That's it. Those are the only games at quarterback since he turned 14 that he has played in his since since he turned 14, the only teams he's played against were high school teams and Louisiana Monroe. You're telling me that dude is ready for Will Anderson's Alabama? Nah. EGO wins says, I think Hartman coming back to Wake Forest, they're going to score close to 50 and beat Vanderbilt by 20 to 25. Yeah, the timing stinks for the Commodores. Hartman's really good. And yeah, I, I think that Wake's going to go in there and, and win comfortably. I agree with you. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Maybe Appalachian State can give a blueprint to Miami next week against Texas A&M. That's a good point. Because Miami's got everything, including quarterback, better than Appalachian State. And you know me, I love and respect Appalachian State. But Tyler Van Dyke is an upgrade over Chase Bryce. The supporting cast is an upgrade over Chase Bryce. That's I didn't think about it that way. Maybe Appalachian State can really expose some things for Miami to go in there and win next week. That's a good thought. I, I didn't think about that like that. So, you know, Miami's got to get past Southern Miss first. And with all due respect to Southern Miss, enjoy your check. Enjoy the check that they give you. It's always good to get money. I think this game for Tennessee at Pittsburgh is a uh, you got to prove it game. If if the Vols are back, like people say they're back, this is a game you don't lose. If you're back, if you if people think that they are close to being, uh, I mean. Might even be the second best team in the East. If that's the case, you don't go to Pittsburgh and lose. It's a big test for Josh Heupel in Tennessee. Do I think Florida's win versus Utah was too early to have a win like that? No, I don't think so. Um, no, I, I, th that's a good question, though, because I, I hope if I was a Florida fan, I would try to encourage my other Florida fan friends to not suddenly think that we are a top 10 team because we beat one like they're not going to be competitive with Georgia maybe for a little while like first midway through the second quarter it's still kind of close but they don't have the roster yet that can actually compete for titles so I yeah that's a good question because you hope they don't not that it matters to us but their fans should not have a hubris about them after a win like that, because there are still going to be growing pains with Anthony Richardson. There's going to be growing pains with the roster that they have. They're going to lose games this year. It's going to happen. I think that was more of just a sign of what's to come and not a sign that they're here right now, if that makes sense. This feels like a week where Ole Miss fans can just kick back and watch everyone else around the country and also hope 
Kiffin gets quarterback sorted out. It's a very low-key weekend for Ole Miss. Um, and you know me. I mean, look, I, I rip on these FCS games. Uh, you, there's so little, so little that you can take away from this game. It's it's really not even worth talking about afterwards. Um, but you guys know me. The FCS game, I think, is incredibly important to the economy of college football. Those games keep programs alive. And so I, I respect the game itself. Central Arkansas needs the check that they receive for playing in this game. So I'm not going to hate on them from that perspective, but there's nothing that we can learn this weekend about this game, if we're being honest with ourselves. Nothing, really. I mean, not really. Can we see Stanford beat USC? I would love to see that. Caleb Williams has the best Heisman odds in the country, or, or depending on where you look, or he's like top two. Give me a break. I would love to see David Shaw and Stanford beat USC this weekend. I would absolutely love to see that happen. Love it. Like, it's hard to describe how much I would just sit and laugh in here uh, about that. The hype around USC has been ridiculous so far. I think they're going to get there. I think they're going to get there. But they're not there today. People are really looking at them with hope instead of with real thoughts and opinions. So, yeah. Zach says, yeah, imagine Ole Miss playing a real game sometime this month. It'll be October 1st. That'll, that'll, that'll be it. Jason says, yeah, Utah's really good for what they are, but they are not a top half of the SEC type roster. They, they are not. They are absolutely not. So, honestly, after Ole Miss watching uh, Ole Miss run gauntlets most years, this early half of the schedule is an interesting change of pace. Usually it's a decent non-con than Bama and Auburn and a and This team and its makeup needed this for sure. And my gosh, it really is a turnover fest right now in Los Angeles. Good Lord. Is Penn State actually good? No. No, they're not good. And yes, it's going to be a test for Harson. Penn State is not winning that game. I, I've got so many clips that would make me look so stupid if Auburn loses this game. Because how many times have I said that to you guys? Auburn is not losing to Penn State at home. If they do, I never said that. But I've said that like a hundred times. It's a, it is a test for Harson for sure. Penn State is not good. Not good. But that's just me. All right, fellas, I, I got to run. I've got a I've got a good bit to do actually tonight. Um, how excited are Auburn fans going to be starting five and zero and finishing six and six? No doubt. Tyler thinks Penn State will win. Well, buddy, you're wrong. Or or I'm wrong. Either one. Corey thinks Ole Miss will beat Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Auburn, and LSU. Of those, I think LSU might be the toughest. I think they might. But I got to run. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please like the video. Please like the video. Um, subscribe if you haven't. Uh, tell your friends. I'll be back. When State is kicking the football off, I'll be back with you on Saturday night. We'll just talk about the day. Uh, not much to take away from Ole Miss, obviously, but other games will be going on, so we'll talk about those. And then I'll do something separate for the State game at some point on Sunday. But thank you guys for tuning in. I will see you Saturday night. 
And uh, you all have a good rest of your week. And again, see you Saturday. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.